Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 Information with Inspiration, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. I'm laughing, Evelyn, because you're already ready to just get in there. Let, first of all, let me just say, hey, Miss Evelyn, the first lady of love, get in here, girlfriend. Well, it's dark in here because I didn't take time to open the windows today. And you know me, I love light. I'm a light person. <laughs> and it looks like it might be getting ready to rain a little bit out there, and we pray, well, you know, we on. need that. But I tell you, Cindy, I'm pumped. I, oh, well, I'm tired. I'm exhausted, but I am pumped. I, I'm full, Van said you're full of hot air. As and I they said, used no, it's to sound, Saturday Night Live, we are pumped up. <laughs> Well, it's been a great week. Um, I've been out of town, uh, yep. down in the Houston Tell area. Tell me all about it. Well, you know, for uh, 32 years, I have served on an organization, which is a nonprofit thing, called CLASS, which is Christian Leaders, Speakers, and Authors Seminars. And we've gone through a lot of transitions through the years. Uh, started out uh, as a ministry of Florence Littower, and Florence and I have been friends for a long time. I helped her uh, with a number of major projects, one of which was I co-produced Personality Tree, which is her, her first uh, video series. And so I've just been uh, stayed with that organization. She has now retired, and I happen to be the oldest one of, this, of the you know, staff, traveling staff, uh, and with the one with the longest tenure. So it was interesting this week for me to be able to dress up a little bit and skip around and hop around and watch people watch me because that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> watch people watch you. Yes, yes. And they, uh, we had people that came as far away as uh, Australia. Uh, it was at Grace Community Church in Houston. And that is the pastor who mm -hmm. who was on a vacation with his wife, driving, doing a drive around America thing, prayer thing. And when the capital issue came up of the breakdown in the government, uh, breakdown in the, the legislature, uh, he told his wife, he said, take me to the nearest airport. I am going back to Texas. <laughs> so he has a great, great heart for ministry. It's a huge church. They seat 20,000 mm -hmm, 20, mm -hmm. a time. They I think that's Pastor Steve Riggle yes, and yes. Brian Gowan. Yes. Is, uh, they they bring Houston together in yes. prayer. Uh, yes. They are steadfast in that. And Pastor Garrett, he is the administrator. And mm -hmm. so, it, but it was a great, uh, it was a great conference. Uh, we got on, we had many opportunities. What did you learn? Well, I learned that you got to go modern. Oh, <laughs> you know, thoroughly modern Evelyn. Mo Miss Modern Millie. No, uh, the world is changing in the area of communication so drastically and so quickly, Cindy, that the just, uh, well, one example I'll give you was of the new hashtag. Yep. You know, how fast that can hit. Because the evening that I, the afternoon that I spoke, uh, at the Capitol when, during the legislative sessions to the college and young mm -hmm. people, I used, uh, we had some, and we talked about this before, we had some disturbance. And so uh, when I stopped to recognize what that was, uh, I came back and finished up my little presentation talking about how important it is that we, uh, we are real in, in the life issues that we deal with. 
And I said, and we have to know that there is hope in America. And that was what I was going to really speak on was a little caustic hope. But when that situation came up and what it was was some women who dressed uh, as prostitutes came in and began to chant. And, of course, I was so shocked, you could imagine. And so what I ended up with was saying that there is hope in America. And we can, we've got to hold on to our rope of hope because God did not make the woman's womb a tomb. And they picked that up on Twitter. And it, it just, uh, you know, God didn't make the woman's womb a tomb. And so that was one of the illustrations that she put up on the board. And it shocked me because I, you know, I'm not into that world, Cindy. I, I, I can do email and I do Facebook. But I don't know. Actually, Twitter is easier than all of them. And uh, so we just need to get you set up. I love it. but And I learned it, too, just in the same way that you're mm-hmm. talking about. At the Capitol, when the hashtag for us was Stand for oh, Life. Yes. And, and we had a Stand for Life group, and it trended nationally. Yes. It was quite a conversation. And so, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, it, it's going to... It'll trend in and trend out because people are already overusing it. Mm -hmm. But I agree. uh, We want to do that for ourselves. Well, we're in an age of communication that is swift, fast, and furious. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to connect in a way that we can bring joy and good news and, and the love of the Lord Jesus into their lives, we've got to get with the program. And so what we went from was an old open notebook, you know, three ring binder <laughs> now to a video presentation and a textbook. And a lot of things changed. We not only did the actual teaching people how to stand up, speak, speak with with uh, with clarity and with uh, a basic organization, we do that, but also how to connect with people so that they might know how to get in touch with you, that you might help them. Yeah, and I want to ask you about that before we move on. Tell people how, if you if you have it in your heart to be a speaker, you mm-hmm. have it in your heart, you, the Lord has put something on your heart, you believe you have something to say, how mm-hmm. would they go about connecting with class so that that message can be refined? Well, it, we have a, um, a website. You know, that's one of the first things you do, and it's classseminars.org because we are a nonprofit class, C-L-A-S-S, seminars.org. Uh, 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 and you can just Google that, and it'll come up real fast. We do have a writer's conference and a speaker's conference coming up in October. It will be at First Baptist Church in Albuquerque, and uh, we're looking forward to that. We've got probably two or three people, friends from Austin, planning to go. But the thing, the important thing about this, Cindy, is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we are moving quickly and furiously into the... Um, the perspective of what our life should be. If we are connected with the Lord Jesus, we have been born into his forever family. There's no junk pile, no trash dump, uh, no TDS in the life of a Christian (laughs) once we come to realize the love of the Lord Jesus and the power that comes uh, from his uh, new birth in our life. And as we look at the society that we're in today, uh, that is a lost message. I think 
that's great. You know, I'd never thought about Jesus as being, uh, you know, there's so much conversation about being green. Yes. How cool it is to be green. I guess Jesus is the ultimate uh, green guy in the sense that he reuses every he uses everything mm-hmm. in your junk pile mm-hmm. and takes it and makes it into something uh, that we cannot anticipate. Also, let's just talk about a little bit about that junk pile because uh, you know there's a heap of it out there. <laughs> you know, yes. we've got we got a we got a president out there messaging. You know that we got phony scandals everywhere. We got the Justice Department headed for a showdown. In Texas, we got uh, the conservatives trying to defund Obamacare. We've got, uh, we still have our special session here in Texas over transportation. And, and uh, hey, talk about rumor mill, which oh. is a lot of the communications piece besides uh, Wiener. And boy, could I do a wordplay on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendy Davis. I want to talk about the rumor mill on Wendy Davis. So uh, let's let's just talk uh, for just a minute before. Well, we... she was on the front page of the American States oh. yesterday. Yeah, and uh, let's and look. she is rethinking. Uh, you know, immediately when she had this um, platform moment, we call it. You know, there's a platform moment when you are. Uh, drawn to attention or attention is drawn to you either locally or nationally and that became a national platform moment for Wendy and uh, immediately they say here's here's someone that could run against Rick Perry you know uh, she's Democrat but as she began to look at it now apparently she's having second thoughts I don't know she was in Washington all this last week Raising raising funds and for sure that's what's in the rumor mill. That's yeah. what's trending right now in terms of Wendy Davis is still trending out mm-hmm. there on tweeting and uh, with the idea that she could run against Greg Abbott. Yes. Uh, for governor. You know, of course, Re- Greg being one. Yeah. Uh, and also the Speaker of the House, you know, against David Dewhurst. Of course, you know, Dan Patrick's in that race and a number of others. And But she doesn't want to do that, uh, according to the what the statesman said is because it would weaken where she would be uh, with a you know a Senate that's just highly conservative. Well, she's very she liberal. is the right. I was going to say she mm-hmm. is that liberal darling. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, liberal darlings, yes, we're going to come back and talk about uh, darling Holden. Uh, we're going to come and talk about the Justice Department, uh, Eric Holder. And the showdown at the OK Corral. This is Love Talk on the Word. Cindy Vonna, love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM, information with inspiration, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also tweet at the word 1490, and uh, you can also tweet me at CS Vonna. I catch up with Evelyn and I later when we post that 
audio of this portion of this program on our latest blog at lovetalknetwork.com. And Cindy would also call your attention to On Point Broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be uh, taping, uh, well, no, actually, we'll be streaming live this week with Lloyd DeVilla, who is uh, a, the director. And of- Julie Ziegler Newman. Okay. It's going to be with us. Good. Julie is Zig Ziglar's uh, daughter, yes. and Julie has a powerful post-abortive story. And she's going to be with us this yeah. week. Mm-hmm. That's one of her. Mm-hmm. She's going to be the special feature for the fundraiser, and I call it FUN fundraiser. Uh, coming up very shortly in September, I think. So we we have a busy life, Cindy, but oh, it's an duh. exciting life. Oh, it is. It is so exciting it, it because is. of what God does. You know, we can get in trouble real quick. I can real quickly. Okay. I mean, real fast. Don't take me wrong. I love when it when you tell me that because you know I'm in trouble all the time. <laughs> no, you're not. And I take it so to heart. And seriously, so that when someone like you, who I think is just, you know, skating by, is loved by everybody, and I think, you know, you're never in trouble. When you tell me that your tail feathers are on fire, it just warms the cockles of my heart, girlfriend, because I will tell you. I live with the smell of tail feathers on fire. I mean, I will tell you oh, what. Oh, Cindy. Well, you know, it's, um, when you get old, uh, you lose a little bit of your capability to be realistic about things. About, about whether people are going to like you or not. I it's don't, like, it doesn't matter. You get right. point. What difference does it make? I don't have that much longer anyway. Well, speaking of tail feathers and thinking, speaking of fire, uh, let's talk just a little bit about this showdown between the federal government and Texas. Now, you know, that's been brewing for a while. It's going to get hotter before it gets colder because, you know, Rick Perry has, has of course, uh, made his non-announcement. He mm-hmm. is not running for governor, which opens the yeah. door for Greg Abbott, who has declared for governor. There'll be several others. Uh, Rick's not leaving that's for sure Mm -hmm. he has yet to make his declaration as he moves on for the fundraising and possible exploration i'm sure of a presidential he's a pretty uh, plain-spoken fella and he in his statement uh he he says again that the president of administration is demonstrating utter contempt for texas and for our system of government of checks and balances uh, not only that, but the U.S. Constitution. And so when, you, when you've got two powerful leaders like we have that are fighting this issue back and forth. We're talking about Eric Holder, who's the head of the yes. uh, Justice Department. But now he's doing the bidding, of course, from the highest federal office, which is President Obama's mm-hmm. office. And boy... Those guys are in a showdown, girlfriend. Well, also John Crane, who is the senator, and uh, Ted Cruz, uh, and even Greg Abbott. Here we have all of these Texas people that are going to stand on the Constitution and the Bill of Bill of Rights and stand on the fact that Texas, you know, originally was a republic, and America is supposed to be a republic. Well, you so know, it's an infringement. Well, it. here's the deal. You know, in the Supreme Court's ruling. Mm-hmm. That came down uh, about the voting. They basically it was this that as Texas Texas's redistricting stood, the the Supreme Court said, "Hey, we're okay with that. You can move forward." 
and so we we quote supposedly won that battle in the mm -hmm. courts at the highest court well now the federal government has come in and said well okay the court may have ruled that way but yeah. as the federal government we retain the right as they've thrown out this old archaic piece of the law we retain the right for those that we think are on quote probation to come in and monitor their voting process. Well, okay, so here's here's where I'm at on this. Mm -hmm. A, I do think that that we that voting is is one of the most sacred Absolutely. privileges that we have. The old Jim Crow laws, the old laws of disenfranchising those those are shame and abomination. And poll tax, you know, all yeah, that you have to pay that. for the privilege. Now, on the other hand, do I think that you should, if you're a citizen of the U.S., that you should show an ID of some sort so that we don't have every Tom, Dick, and Harry, like out of Chicago, everybody who's dead, voting four times? Yeah, I Absolutely. do. And that is what good law is, Cindy. Yeah, so somewhere in here is, I mean, because, you know, the, the left would like to polarize people like me and say, well, you're just basically a racist. Mm -hmm. You know, you just basically want to disenfranchise. This is all about, because the, the, the suit that's going to go forward that's, that's activating the Justice Department is down in San Antonio, that yes. federal judge and that group, that minority group. You know, on the, on the one hand, do I think that we should, as Thomas Jefferson so believed in that we should protect the rights of minorities. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I don't just mean the minorities as in color, but yeah. in the U.S., those who have a, of a minority, quote, opinion. Yes, I do. But does that mean that you just open the floodgates to every kind of fraud? No, it doesn't. And so I don't want to be considered uh, a racist in this. I want us to have good law in this. I think that this is something that we've got to stand up to the federal government in. Well, and when we stand up, Sandy, that that is one of the most precious freedoms that we have in this nation is to stand. And what we're going to look at today biblically is how is it that you do that? Jesus gives us some very specific instructions as to how our life can make a difference uh, in the world in which we live. It's not just that we're Christians. It's that we are citizens of a free nation that was ordained and established by God. We know that. The pilgrims who came to America came for the very reason that we're talking about. They, their lives had become so complicated that they didn't have any right at all if they were charged with a crime. The Magna Carta, it, it was very specific. The king held the ruling. He held the, the stick. And so when America was founded, it was founded upon a republic principle where you have three forms of government, and all three of them are to balance each other. And so what has happened in our nation, in law, in government, is that the Supreme Court has taken the powerful position of nothing happens unless we say it can happen. 
Yeah. Well, I will tell you, I've been doing a lot of uh, reading this summer over in the area of the Civil War, because I felt like the Lord really wanted to speak to my heart about the protection and what all took place in the Civil War with regard to the abominations that, that took place in our country with the with oppression of slavery. I am a states rights person. I am too. But the states were the southern states were on the wrong side of states rights on that issue. And to claim states rights over that particular issue, I think we have to let go of. And that's right. what Abraham Lincoln you. got a hold of. We we were on the wrong side, but that does not mean that states' rights are not still a principled part of this republic. And so I, I, you and I are in agreement. Yes. But they would love to hearken all the way back to when Texas and all the other southern states, because I felt a little bit yesterday, I felt like, well, okay, this is shades of 18-something or other here. Uh, the, the battle between the federal government and the idea that we were still oppressing minorities, still on the wrong side of the issue of oppressing minorities in the southern states because it's Texas and they're going to go after the Carolinas mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Well, on another issue, let's talk a little bit about uh, defunding Obamacare before we take our break. And, uh, you know, we once again, we've got Tea Party, we've got the uh, conservatives wanting to defund Obamacare, which is probably nothing more than lip service, because you know the Republicans, first thing they said to us after it all passed was, mm-hmm. okay, so now we're going we're gonna to give our whole heart to repealing Obamacare. Well, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Well, it's not a workable situation. It's got to be uh, reworked. It's got to be pulled. It's, there are many, many things that are wrong with it. But the principle itself, Cindy, is that we make it possible for those who do not have health care in some way to be able to participate. And this is not a per- it is not a participation. It is it's almost dictatorship. And those are the things that stir up people. Those are the things on the conservative side that people begin to think that is of the evil one. It's not of God, and we're going to fight it. So, But, you know, Cindy, when, when a nation's in a situation like we're in today, God does not throw up away his leaders. That's one of the things that we hammered on this week in Houston. He does not throw away his leaders. And, and I have a little quote today that I want us to use as we go out. At my lowest, and we're at a low point in America today, Cindy, people are losing their their perspective, their vision, their passion for freedom. At my lowest, God is my hope. At my darkest, God is my light. At my weakest, God is my strength. And at my saddest, and that's where we are in America, we are sad. God is my comforter. And God we're talking about here is Jesus Christ. And Jesus has given us some very specific instructions as to how we can live our life. He said, seek me first. Seek me first and everything else will come into order. Hmm. So we're going to look at that principle of seeking, asking, and what? Knocking. Yep. We're going to come back and it's going to be not knock. Who's there? This is Love Talk on the Word. 
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM. Information with inspiration reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also tweet us at the Word 1490, and you can tweet me at CS Vaughn. And, of course, in the studio with me is... First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison. Now, Evelyn, we've we've kind of contemporized our uh, opening conversation as we do. We kind of look at that heap of of uh, of uh, trash that's at our feet, the one we have to step <laughs> kick over out of the way every when we day. Go out that's the right. You know, I feel like lioness. I have to, once I kick that out of the way, there's a little dust pile following. Then there's my own personal dust pile, which seems to be the the biggest of all. But um, we're going to, you know, we're going to be talking today as we've, as our, as we've been dialoguing about the yes life. Yes. And we've been talking about truth and we've been talking about wisdom, you know, and you and I saw a perfect example of this great debate and dialogue around truth at the Capitol this last month as there mm-hmm. were thousands who gathered there who says i know the truth i have the truth here's my personal truth here's the ultimate truth and i'm gonna fight for the truth no matter what now at times the dialogue was very good Mm -hmm. and then at times it degenerated into into just things that we we can't even on the air and so i was prompted by that as the as the city is going down this road to explore god to think about, well, before you think you've got the corner on truth, there's a couple of things you should do. Mm -hmm. And so today we're going to talk about seeking. We're going to talk about asking. And then we're going to do the ultimate knock-knock joke. But, Cindy, when you think, as as we went out, I talked about, when we get at our lowest point in life sometimes, then we've got to do some very specific things to get back on on the the train ride or the airplane ride and get in touch with who it is that God is and what he has for us. We do that individually in our own personal lives. When we sin, you know, John, John says, if you sin, you know, and you say you don't sin, you lie and you sinned already. It also says if we sin, God is always faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from our sin. But there is a process through which he works, and it has not changed, and it will not change. It's a very simple process. First of all, it's ask. First of all, it's seek, ask, and knock. And and that comes from Matthew 6.33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But it says also, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open to you. Mm. So if if we're going to ask, uh, we have to seek first. We've got to know where to go to get the answers to the issues of life. And what is that first thing that we have to seek for, Cindy? It is a relationship. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we... Boy, can we mess that up? Because you can seek your whole life, and there's a lot going on in today's culture. People are seeking everything, seeking success, seeking love, seeking, you know, seeking to find themselves. You know, I mean, I mean, boy, talk about a culture that prizes enlightenment. 
yet, you know, is can't find their, you know, what with both hands, so to speak, <laughs> as, my, as my mama used to say. But, you know, seeking starts first with an understanding that is a seeker. The reason why that got writ- written into our DNA was not for us to be confused or blind. Mm-hmm. It was that we were we were on the ultimate treasure hunt. Yes. And that treasure hunt is to have a relationship with the creator God of the universe, the, the creator that made you, Evelyn, mm-hmm. that knew the treasure that was in you. And that is what you're seeking is to find that love source, mm-hmm. not that you just are out there loving yourself for the sake of being the lover of your own soul, yeah. but to seek, discover the love that created you and founded and found you and founded you and seeking that love, that source, so that you know the will, the way, the promise, and the power Absolutely, of Christ Jesus. Absolutely, Cindy. And the Proverbs uh, eight seventeen says this, I love them. This is God speaking, Cindy. This is the Father of the Lord Jesus. He said, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. That tells us mm. that there is no closed door to the presence of God. There is no closed uh, highway or byway that we cannot travel that would not that we would travel that could that would not lead us to the to the plan of salvation or to the grace of God. So he is saying from the very beginning, he said in John, you know, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And the scripture said, for God loved us enough that he made the connection for us to be connected with him. He said, for God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only son that if we believe in him, we would have life. We would have eternal life. We would have abundant life. We would have the light to be gui- that would guide us into that kind of well, life. Well, I want to talk about that for a minute because on this whole seeking thing, you know, when I was a kid and, uh, you know, we'd go out and treasure hunt, you know, and you always had a clue. And frequently it was at nighttime and Mm -hmm. you needed a flashlight. You know, when you're on that treasure hunt and when you're seeking a relationship with God, it's not just that you're out there just seeking to find the the answer du jour, you know, the fad that's out there right now. Is that the other thing that he says clearly to us, and, and Proverbs 28.5 is a perfect example. It says, evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. All we are things. to seek to walk in his light. Now, this means basically this. If I'm walking in the light of Christ, it means I'm not shining my own light for Mm -hmm. my footsteps. You know, I don't have to make sure that, you know, I've got my flashlight ready. I'm in survivor (laughs) mode. My batteries are up. I've got an everlasting battery in that flashlight. I'm Mm -hmm. trying my, the goal 
of life with Christ is to walk in his light Mm -hmm. so that his perfect light can illuminate in my heart and in my soul, which is a completely imperfect light. Well, it is, Cindy, and our world is filled with that kind of information, that kind of instruction, uh, and compelling uh, evidence. Uh, if And part of that comes uh, from people who maybe, for one reason or other, had asked God for one particular thing, did not get it, and said, God doesn't even exist. But, you know, Daniel understood this so perfectly. He said, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fast and sackcloth and ashes. He knew that the Lord was operative in his life, but he knew there was a time when he had to go before him and get honest. And and uh, Dr. Luke said, whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. But whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I love this because, you know, Jesus is the ultimate anarchist. He is the answer. And yeah, the answer and the anarchist. Because, you know, when he comes to give the Beatitudes, the eight Beatitudes, I, you know, a lot of times we just surround Jesus with so much religion that it's very hard mm-hmm. to get to that. His truth, the way, and the life that we talked about right. in our most recent series, but it, but it's pretty simple. It comes to turn everything upside down that you and I might think and know on our own. In other words, your reasoning and my reasoning might say this: Well, I'm going to seek to save my own life, and that's how I'm going to preserve it. Well, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying just the opposite: He's whoever seeks to save his own life shall lose it. You have to lose your life in order to preserve it. In other words, you've got to give up your way in order to immerse yourself in his way. And the principle of that in seeking is that we seek his will above our own. In this day and age, have you ever Mm. seen so much willful disobedience to say, hey, I'm going to have my way here Mm -hmm. and I'm going to fight to the to the nth degree here to have my way. I'm going to be right and not reconciled. Cindy, and that has become a a, mm, hashtag. I'm learning all these new words. I want to use them. Uh, I'm laughing here. Hashtag. Uh, That has become a hashtag for this generation uh, because they don't know and they don't see or have not experienced the the thing that uh, normally comes with adulthood. So many young people just dream and have all these expectations and, and think that, you know, there'll never be a low point in my life where, you know, the only hope I have is God. Or they may think there'll never be a, nothing will ever be so dark that that I can't see. Are they, and, and especially this one, they think that I'll never be so weak that I can't do it myself. Mm. That That is one of the things a two-year-old begins to struggle with in life, is I do it myself. Um, and we never get past that until we come to the point that we can't do it ourselves. Mm. It comes when we, even at our saddest moment, when we when we are faced with, and it, well, let's say, for instance, a child that may have leukemia, and there's nothing we can do but seek God. Mm-hmm. Nothing else we can do. 
You can go to MD Anderson. You can, you know, go through all the therapy. I have a friend right now that's in his second stage of chemotherapy. Uh, he is a young man. He has young children, and he is back at, at MD Anderson preparing for a bone marrow transplant, and that takes three months of isolation. Three months, Cindy. Uh, sometimes, but he is a wonderful Christian man, and he said, you know, I am safe wherever I am. And that's a major statement for young people today because of the terror that surrounds us and all the things that are going on. But the, the evil men do not understand that God holds a hand of judgment. And that's what it says in Proverbs 28. Evil men uh, understand not judgment. They don't know that there is coming a day when they will have after your account. But they see God to understand all things. That's the beginning of understanding. That's the beginning of wisdom. It's when you recognize, I don't know. There's some things in my life I don't know. There are days when Van asks me a question. We may be working on something, and he'll say, what do you think? Or what do you want to do? Or what should we do? And my out is this. I have no idea. Ask God. And he always laughs when I tell him that. But that's the motive. That is the mode operandi for us every day of our life. When we don't understand, when we don't know, we seek God's word. We seek God's answer. That's what Daniel did. And in doing that, Cindy, it begins to open up the way of understanding and recognizing that, you know, we're never too far away from God. You know, he knows when the bird flies. He knows when it falls. And he has that same viable interest in my life and in Cindy Bonner's life. Well, we're going to take our break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to close and, uh, at the Lost and Found box. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM, information with inspiration, reminding you that you can get us this time each Saturday at klgo.net. You can also catch up with us, the audio and blog portion of this show at lovetalknetwork.com. Tweet me at CS Vonna. And when we were going out, we're, we're talking about this principle of seeking, asking, knocking, and um, I want us to close with this this idea of seeking because, you know, I, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, we, we, we muddy the waters, uh, first of all, with religion and... Uh, the have-tos. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, like Jesus is hard to find. You know, it's like, you know, are we lost or is Jesus lost? You know, I mean, Ooh, what? Question. Yeah, I mean, is is God 
easy to find? Is he, or is he in that poor little place, that lost and found box, where <laughs> every umbrella that I've owned in the last 60-some-odd years of my life is living, every one of Jim Vaughn's socks that I have no idea, idea where they where go. They I think go. there is a sock thief at work in the world. Yeah, so is it like that? I, you know, it's, it's Jesus is off in the box with the socks and umbrellas. He's just in that lost and found box, and that's why we're groping through. I mean, help us here, Evelyn. Well, you have to stop and think what it's like to be hopelessly lost and seeking. You know, it, you don't seek until you realize you're lost or you don't know what to do or you don't know where to go or you don't know how to change things. Uh, or the, You have no joy in life. You have no hope in life. You, you're like what I was talking about earlier when there's no light. What do you do? You just are lost in the darkness of evil. And it comes in many different forms, Cindy. It comes just in thinking you're king of the roost. You know, that's a sin as much. Wanting to go to the head table, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, how important it is to seek the place of servanthood and to yield to the Lord Jesus. But the thing is that when we're lost, uh, we're alone in the world. We, we feel like there's no one there that you can go to. You know, you exhausted all avenues of rescue. Uh, disoriented. You know, one day you think, you know, it's going to be okay. And the next day you think, you know, what is going on? You know, I can't make it through this. I, I can't tell you how many people I counseled with this week in Houston that kind of had that perspective. And they were there out of desperation more than motivation. Hmm. And they had to come to realize, you know, this is not uh, the ideal leader uh, this is not a quality that a leader is supposed to exhibit. You lead, if you're going to lead, you've got to know who you are, know where you're going, and know how to get there. So that's what really lost means. It also means you're terrified. What does it mean to be terrified, Cindy? Well, we talked about that a little bit. You had written a great blog uh, recently on the 99 and the one and the whole concept of Jesus as a shepherd always looking out for and after that one that is lost. We forget sometimes in a world where we feel like we're competent, where we feel like our own provision, we feel like our education, we feel like our knowledge base, Mm -hmm. we feel like our good works are what cause us to know where we're going. But Jesus says that he will go after the lost. He also says this, you may not be lost in your salvation, but you can be completely lost because if you're not seeking him. Right. On a daily basis. Then you are faithless. Yes. And without your faith, it is impossible to please him and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we can be terrified out there like you and I would be if we were lost in a foreign city. And boy, have I been there, you know, separated from my missions team in a foreign land, can't speak the language, in a secure location, can't Mm -hmm. figure out where my next flight is. I was pretty terrified. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, is who is it that I am never lost to? Who is it that if I turn to is shining a light for me to follow? It is Christ Jesus. The Cindy, uh, to be lost is a terrible, terrifying thing. 
I got on a plane one time in Palm Springs. Uh, I missed the flight because the uh, I was there, but there were 200 people ahead. Their security broke down. It was all kind of problem. And so I, 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 when I got to the gate, the flight had left. And so I sat there, and then I began to try to work out, uh, you know, another flight. And so I saw these people that were on, supposed to get on the same flight going to a door. And I thought, what's going on here? And so I got up and went over there, and I said to the lady, uh, I, you know, I missed my flight. And she said, what flight were you on? I said, so-and-so. She said, well, get on this one. It's going to take you to San Francisco. I said, I don't want to go to San Francisco. I want to go to Austin, Texas. She said, you got to go to San Francisco to get to Austin, Texas. So I got on the flight. And I thought, you know, I hope they know what they're talking about. Because <laughs> I could just see Van having me lost out there. And he doesn't like for me to travel by myself anyway. But the, the point is this, Cindy. We can be lost and not know we're lost. But we can be lost and seeking for the answers to the issues of life. And that's one of the reasons we come here every Saturday. That's why we've done it 32 years. That's why it's so imp- 30 years. That's why it's so important for us to transmit, not only on radio, but on, on television. And we'll be on on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, 7 to 8 on On Point Broadcasting, talking about these same things, Cindy. What is it that I need to do to be who it is God has designed me to be? So what is that one answer that we can give them, Cindy, as we think about giving directions today to get out of that pattern of being lost, being terrified, being just beaten down without hope, without comfort? What is it that Jesus Christ offers for a person like that? Well... He, first of all, he offers that once he finds you, once you find him and you've connected with him, you've made that relationship with him, not that you've vowed to a religious uh, order or creed, but that you have, uh, have said, I want a relationship with you. Evelyn, he finds you and he finds you for eternity. Absolutely. He finds you and he never lets you go. You know, once he finds you, you are granted eternal life. You are found by the shepherd. No matter how lost you get afterwards as a sheep, what you are not lost to is eternal life. What you are not lost to is the shepherd. What you can be in tune with is the voice of the shepherd saying yes to him. Why are we talking about seeking because you cannot live the yes life to God without first having been found by the ultimate finder. Yes. You know, there was a program for a while called The Finder. I loved that program. He could find anything. Now, it went off the air because the, the guy who was the sidekick died suddenly, you know, tragically. And so then they, you know, they canned the program. But there are aspects to that program I really liked. And so what we're really talking about here is the lost and found. Lost and found. There is a lost and found department in most stores and the airports uh, because nothing is ever really lost unless it it decides not to be found. And, Cindy, there are people listening to us today that want hope. 
They want joy. They want freedom. They want all these things that we talk about in Christ. How is it that they can have that today? Well, and when we talked about seeking, we said this, that you're seeking his will and not your own. You're seeking to walk in his light. Now, seeking to walk in his light means this. It's one of the ABCs. So we talked about asking, which is mean to believe, saying, I believe there is an ultimate finder of my soul. And then we're granted eternal life. We believe and we say we believe in Christ Jesus, which means I recognize that I'm found. And boy, let me tell you this. I was lost and I was a sinner. Mm -hmm. And then we surrender while we're seeking. We surrender our will to his so that we say there is a will that is the ultimate authority. There is a will that knows the way. And when I have lost the way, he never loses the way. So that's what we're talking about here, Evelyn. So as we have talked to you today about the ABCs of being found, we're talking to you about seeking. If you're looking to know more about what we're talking about, you can get in touch with us at lovetalknetwork.com. You can also get in touch with Evelyn at 512-249-6535. You can tweet me at CSVonna. This has been Love Talk on the Word. Mm -hmm.